The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. The Pirate Radio Podcast is presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring yours truly, Shirley Rhodes, along with Jenny Shelton. The Pirate Radio Podcast is brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. On today's podcast, Jenny will sit down and uh, talk with me about the history of Pirate Radio and some of my memories after being here for over 17 years. So sit back and relax. And today's Pirate Radio Podcast presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer starts right now. Welcome in to the Pirate Radio Podcast. Today we have a special guest, we are talking to the one and only Shirley Rhodes. Welcome, Shirley. Well, thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, we, we flipped it up and um, we're taking over. The ladies are taking over today and we are going to learn about you. No, oh, learn so, about me. Okay. <laughs> you are the magic behind the mic here at Pirate Radio. And um, I figured that it would be fun for everybody to get to know you today. So tell us, just start off, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, uh, I guess you could say I was, I was born in Pitt County, uh, actually in a little town called Stokes. And then I grew up in Farmville and, uh, you know, of course, uh, graduated high school, went away to college, uh, didn't go very far, went about 20 minutes down the road to Wilson, uh, North Carolina to attend Barton College, graduated in 1997 with a degree in communications and I came home um to uh farmville for a little while looking for a job and i finally landed one in my profession in i think it was 98 was my first radio job and uh kind of uh, bounced around a little bit radio wise uh, a couple different radio stations and then uh in 2003 i landed a position here at pirate radio and i've been here ever since so that's kind of my career path um and uh yeah so that's my career path (laughs) well i i would call you the glue that kind of holds everything together here at pirate radio um you do a lot of behind the scenes and we're behind the scenes for a while before um you got on camera and have been hosting the show with clip how is that how do you feel like that's been going do you like being in front of the camera um actually yeah i mean i'm okay with it um i'm i'm kind of a perfectionist so when i see myself on camera i'm like oh i shouldn't have worn that outfit today or you know or my glasses are a little kind of off kilter i kind of pick myself apart um i I, that's natural yeah i think that might be natural for everybody but for me um i'm not as comfortable in front of the camera as i am behind it uh just because that's what i do that's what i'm supposed to be doing so i i was very hesitant at first um when the idea got brought up to have a camera in this studio while we're doing the show because i was thinking well i eat a lot during the show (laughs) um i'm like i don't think anybody wants to you know see me on camera eating so i try to you know kind of keep that off off camera but uh because i do snack a lot while while i'm working we all need snacks yeah i i gotta have them and uh 
uh, you know, so, but other than that, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. It's, you know, it's just something you kind of got to get used to. And so, and after a while, you do kind of forget that the camera is even there, which sometimes, excuse me, sometimes does kind of, uh, uh, provide some some entertainment because uh, one day I was actually eating while we were doing the show and I completely forgot that the camera was sitting up there and uh, Chandler had the the camera shot up and I'm sitting there stuffing my face with chocolate and you know here I am on Facebook Live and YouTube Live just shoving chocolate into my mouth and I'm like this is just my mother's going to kill me I have no manners so <laughs> um, well so, I think it's great I, we are the real world around here oh yeah oh yeah we try life. to keep it real. Yeah. We we try to keep it as honest and down to earth as possible because, you know, uh, I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, look, we're human. We make mistakes. We screw up. Uh, sometimes we have a great idea and sometimes it tanks and sometimes it, it works. So, um, you know, we're, we're just like everybody else. Just because we have the opportunity to be in front of a microphone or in front of a camera doesn't really make us any better than anyone else. You know, we screw up just like everybody else. Yeah. Troy and Jonathan are have done a great job you know helping us be creatively open and still uh staying on the path that we need to be um if you had to describe troy and jonathan in two words (laughs) how would i would love to know what two words you would describe them you've known them the longest oh okay jonathan's pretty easy uh if i were to describe jonathan in two words it would be level-headed um He's he's pretty even keel. Oh, there's another two words there. Even keel. Troy. Oh my gosh. I don't even <laughs> know. Oh, there's so many words I could throw in here, but not two that's gonna be able to put it together. Um You might just two words doesn't have to be anything of the same because he's really all over the place. Kinda just, unpredictable. 100%. How about that? Kinda unpredictable. That's those are the two words that I would I would uh describe troy with i love it i was gonna have you describe them in one word but i didn't feel like that would do justice so i threw in the two word for for fun um so since you've been here at pirate radio you've gotten to see and talk to a bunch of great people see a lot of good sports what is some of your fondest memories that you've gone through with pirate radio oh gosh um i have one story in mind that i love but i want to hear yours okay um Probably, I remember, oh, there's so many. Um, When it comes to the company itself, the actual Pirate Radio itself, probably the best memory I have is that uh, we started, I think we launched Pirate Radio, I believe, in August of 2003. I came on board in July uh, because they needed me a month ahead of time to get all the the technical stuff um, all set up and ready to go because we were moving into this building we were in the process of getting everything set up making sure the programs were running and everything and i remember we had the um we made it through our first football season and we had like a little christmas party and it really was just troy jonathan their families uh myself and wes hines and i think that was it i think that was just us and I remember we sat, we were we were at a restaurant somewhere. I don't even remember the name of the restaurant, to be honest with you. But I, we were sitting in the restaurant, and I remember uh, Jonathan Troy gave us these Pirate Radio hoodies. And it said, and of course we were only twelve fifty then, so it said got twelve fifty on the back. 
and I still have that hoodie. Um, and it has been through several nephews of mine that have hijacked that hoodie over the years. But um, that that was like the first time I remember getting a gift and going, you know what, we built this. And we've only done it, you know, at that time it was only several months. Um, but there was so much work that went into it those those few months because football season, as you know, is extremely crazy and hectic around here. Uh, it usually starts like right around August 1st, and then it's just like nuts for 16 weeks. Balls to the walls. Yeah. It, I mean, you literally go like, you know, any other time you're kind of cruising at about – I, I kind of equate it to a car. Uh, you're kind of cruising at 55 miles an hour. And then you hit August 1st, and then all of a sudden you're going about 75 to 80 miles an hour. That's and then you get game week, and you have redlined it to about 130 miles an hour. And you stay that way until the end of football season. So for us to get through that that first football season, and all of us still having hair and still having you know our sanity uh, was a pretty big deal. So that's kind of, you know, as a company... It's one of my special, you know, one of my favorite memories. And as far as meeting people, we've met, we've met so many different people over the years. The ones that kind of stick out in my mind, uh, when we met uh, Ralph Sampson here, uh, he came to the studio one day, and I just remember because I remember it vividly because he had to duck underneath the uh, the doorways because he was so tall. And uh, so I remember that. I remember speaking to Dale Curry on the phone because jeff was actually uh had scheduled him for an interview and for some reason uh jeff could not reach him on his phone his phone was messed up or something so he asked me to use my phone to call dell so i wound up having dell curry's phone number in my cell phone which i thought was pretty cool very cool and uh and uh, I also got to meet Kobe Bryant's dad. He actually came by the studio one day, and I have no idea. I don't remember why he was in town, but somebody had brought him by, and I got to meet his dad. So that was the you know, and of course, um, you know, uh, Dave Mira used to be a regular around here. He used to come in and out of the studio. He'd pop in every now and then. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. I was like, here's a dude that I watched on X Games so many times. And I was a big, big uh, BMX uh, fan. I loved watching it on TV and I loved to go see it in person. I used to go down to JC Park and right. uh, watch like, them. Yeah, this is a little hometown for BMX. Yeah, they yeah. all kind of grew up here. This is a hometown for BMX. Yeah, and uh, Ryan Nyquist was yeah. uh, a good friend of, of one of my closest friends and he actually uh, gave my godson uh, a BMX bike that he uh uh autographed and he still has that bike i mean he never rode it but it still sits in the garage which i think is is just the coolest thing so um you know those are some of the sports figures that i can kind of remember you know right off the top of my head that i know kind of stuck with me um but there were so many over the years that come in and out i probably have forgotten more than i've remembered over the years i mean you know, you're talking 17 years of, of people coming in and out of this studio. It's It's been kind of a surreal experience all at the same time. So if, and you brought up Jeff Charles, how, um, you did the morning show with him for a while, and he has stories for days. 
So that had to be pretty cool. You probably learned a little bit, and um, you and him formed a pretty strong relationship, didn't you? Yeah, well, and that kind of, it goes, it goes, uh, it's actually older. Our friendship is older than Pirate Radio as far as me being here. Um, I actually worked with Jeff at the radio station um, that I worked at prior to this one. Okay. And uh, he was, um, and I always set up his show. He used to have a show from UBE there, too. And I would set everything up there. And after a while, he needed somebody to uh, help hook up all of his equipment for his call-in shows when he started doing the call-in shows. And uh, so I did that for a few years. I did that for basketball and for football. And we just got to, you know, just like uh, anybody who spends a lot of time with another person, you kind of get to know them. And there have been several times where I've had to make an emergency run to Jeff's house because Jeff forgot something and I had to run to his house. And, uh, you know, and of course, his wife, Debbie, meets me at the door and says, you know, here's what you need. And I'm like, "Okay, see you later. And, you know, and that kind of thing. So. And of course, you know, you talk in between breaks and, and you kind of get to know him. And uh, and Jeff's a really cool guy and has an unbelievable uh, amount of sports knowledge. I mean, you know, what you hear on the radio really is only an inkling of the kind of knowledge he has. His knowledge of uh, baseball in particular, because he's a big baseball fan, loves to go to spring training uh, down in Florida and uh and he's a big cincinnati reds fan he he follows baseball um you know just as well as anybody i know and he is just super super cool about you know sitting there and i'm a big baseball fan so there's kind of that common thread and he and he jokes uh a lot because his son uh and i are the same age so um you know so we talk about that he's like you know you're old enough to be my daughter i'm like well then how about uh, let me drive your car pops you know (laughs) i'll joke with him uh about that so or the motorcycle or the motorcycle hey take me out for a ride so um but no, he he is uh, just one of the coolest dudes on the planet. I mean, and honestly, what you see on the you know on television and on radio, uh, he's exactly that. Um, outside of, I mean, the guy. I don't think I've ever seen Jeff mad. I mean, he's just really kind of even keel, and he he kind of rolls with the punches, and uh, he doesn't you know he doesn't get too up and doesn't get too down. And uh, and he is genuinely, uh, you know, one of the nicest guys I've ever met in, in life. And uh, and I've always told him, I mean, even when uh, there, there was a little bit of a transition period between my previous employer and my, you know, before I came on with Pirate Radio, um, there was about, I'd say, probably three or four months where I wasn't doing anything. And uh, when I left the previous radio station, I called Jeff and I said, hey, you know, just letting you know. This is what's happened, and uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you. And he said, I tell you what, he said, um, if you have not gotten um, anything by the time uh, football season rolls around, give me a call. He's like, I still want you to come and and set up uh, my equipment for my on-air shows. And I was like, okay, you know, if that if that's what you need me to do. And thankfully, you know, coming on Pirate Radio, that still happened. But he was willing to hire me as kind of like a side person. To, you know, he had that much faith in my ability to, to come in and produce his show and have it all technically set up for him. Excuse me. And he wouldn't... Um, and he wouldn't have batted an eye whether or not I was attached to a radio station or not. So, um, you know, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. 
Well, you know, I've only been here at Pirate Radio a couple of years, but I can definitely 100% um, attest to everything that you've said about the voice is true, and he has been an utter delight to get to know, but I could see what a um, special relationship you two had. You're his steady buddy, I guess. <laughs> And always yeah. there for him. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he. Um, if he needs something, you know, usually I'm the one. Uh, you know, Jeff. I, I'm I'm a little technologically challenged when it comes to my phone. Uh, you know, phones, cell phones change. You know, not year to year. Sometimes every six months, and I can't figure out my phone sometimes. And I'll hand it to my nephew, and I'll say, "Hey, I need it to do this." Oh yeah. Jeff's the same way with his cell phone. So sometimes Jeff will come to me and say, "Hey, I got this email." And I need to print this. How do I do this? And I said, Jeff, just hand me the phone. I'll figure it out. So we've kind of, you know, uh, but yeah, I guess you could say I'm his steady Betty, although I, I don't know if I've ever used that or heard that phrase, really. But um, yeah, if he made, needs something, I usually, you know, help him out. I made that up. Oh, OK. Well, that's a that's a good phrase because that threw me for a second. I was like, I've never heard that phrase before. And it's also really ironic, you know, it's just how people work and the way their brains work. Mm. You are an absolute genius on these boards and can cut a commercial in about 30 seconds, 40 seconds, if you get it right. And the first time, and you're just like a true genius, but yet the cell phone's hard. So, I mean... You know, we all have our challenges, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, from the technical side of things, especially with what I do, I tell people all the time, it's not that hard to learn what we do. What's hard is the repetition of it. It's because I can't tell you how to produce a commercial verbally. Like, some people can give you steps. Okay, this is step one, step two, step three. I can do that, but it's a lot easier for you to do it then it would be for me to explain it. And and sometimes that's even hard for me to even try to explain it that way. But um, the stuff that I do, you know, when it comes to producing commercials and producing shows and things like that, especially with the board, it's just knowing, you know, what the buttons do, what they don't do, making sure everything is in the right place. Because every now and then you're going to hit a button that you're not supposed to. And that happens to me at least once a day. Um, you know, so and, and it's just all it's all repetition. It's all hands on. You learn you learn by what is it? Trial by fire. Um, you know, that's kind of how I was on the technical side of things. When I first started learning, I didn't get it. You know, they didn't explain a whole lot to me. They kind of just said, this is what this does. This is what this does. Go for it. And kind of threw me in the fire. And I kind of had to fly by the seat of my pants for a while, you know, trying to learn all of it. But once I've learned. And, of course, the technology has changed over the years because when I first started doing production work, it was off reel-to-reel machines and eight-track machines. So, uh, you know, that obviously has gone by the wayside, and that's way harder than the way we do it now. The way we do it, everything's digital. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and it it was so time-consuming. Um, to try to do it that way and so think you know look i'll be the first one to tell you i love the digital side of it because it it cuts down on waste it cuts down on time um and when we're in a season like football season where we've got commercials that need to be produced on a uh, really fast basis where the turnaround has to be really really quick it really saves time and it, it it saves me from having to spend an hour on one commercial when I have seven on my docket for the day. So, uh, you know, the technology has really made it a lot easier, but it's still not 
as easy to explain. So kind of circling through everybody here, um, our work family, what um, clip came here in 2008? I don't even know. I can't remember what year he came through. So he was an intern. But he was an intern. Yes, he came here as an intern. So my first question is, what did, how was clip as an intern? And then what did you think when they hired him? Oh, well, uh, as far as him coming in as an intern, there were a lot of interns that, now keep in mind, at that particular time, my work schedule is very different than what it, what it is now. Right, you were in the morning. I was in morning shift, and, and I usually left by the afternoon. So, a lot of times... Um, you know clips interning responsibilities were in the afternoon so i'd only I see you. him periodically during you know in the morning time now during football season he was here and i would work more with him then and i mean he was fine i mean he didn't he didn't cause any trouble he did what he was asked and um you know uh would get on the shows from time to time so i didn't think anything of it and you know um i don't really and, and, and as as bad as this may sound, I didn't put a lot of stock into it because we have interns that come in and out, oh, you yeah. know, all throughout the year and some stay, some make an impression and some don't. And my focus was get my job done. And so sometimes I kind of tune other things out. And I think in that particular time, I think, you know, <laughs> it was just one of those situations. But it was, you know, brought to the table um, that they were, I remember sitting down with Troy and Jonathan. They said, you know, what do you think about us hiring Clip? And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the guy likes sports. He talks about sports all the time. He's got a really good knowledge of what we do and who we cover. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, uh, you know, as long as he can do the job, I'm fine with it. And um, and the good thing about me and Clip, too, is that we kind of, you know, we don't step on each other's toes. We kind of we kind of give each other the space to do what we need to do. I mean, occasionally I'll ask Clip to help me out with something, and sometimes he'll do the same. But for the most part, he has his own responsibilities. I have mine. And you know of course we we do the show every afternoon from three to six but for the you know and we talk about that you know during the day but for the most part we just kind of you know he's got his stuff i got my stuff and then we come together in in the afternoons and we just kind of roll with it and and it's worked it's worked for uh, you know well what that's 2008 so that's uh 20 am i doing the math right 22 years no no 10 plus years 10 plus years god my math i suck at math i just look i'm not real good at math so i'll go ahead and tell you that you tell you that so yeah people might think y'all hang out all the time and you guys rehearse everything that you do but you don't no y'all have just been great from the fifth quarter sprinting through the night with all the crazy people and really um really you know formed a great relationship there people wouldn't understand that well yeah because i'm i'm the type of person i'm a homebody i'll be the first one to tell you that um you know my my goal every day is to come here do my job go home and (laughs) you know i mean because i i'm really a homebody I, i i am busy i do stay busy but i don't really like to to go out and hang out at you know a local restaurant and watch a game occasionally i'll do that but i I don't do that on a regular basis and that type of thing and um you know i just i kind of just keep to myself and um you know the cool thing about you know working with clip especially during football season is that especially during those late night fifth quarters 
because I get crabby when I'm tired and I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a not, morning person. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm conditioned to be a morning person. So I, you know, when it gets to be about 10, 11 o'clock and, and so on, I start getting really cranky and my patience level dr- drops dramatically. Especially when they're maybe not positive calls like the past you know, few or, years or prank calls. Yep. We'll, we'll get prank calls, and that <laughs> irritates me more than anything. But you know, surely warning across the air: <laughs> if one more person prank calls me, we are turning the lights off. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah because I mean, it's, and sometimes I feel like uh, you know, mentally, I'm like I am turning into my mother. But you know, but with but with Clip, Clip kind of takes it you know in stride and sometimes he laughs it off and then i realize oh well you know what maybe i'm being just a tad bit you know dramatic about it but um you know i just you know so those times it it really works because he kind of keeps the thing moving whereas i just want to just shut the whole thing down and say be done with it so y'all are a good balance yeah yeah that's a good balance whatever we're like ah yeah so you know because it it doesn't I get annoyed, um, you know, from time to time, but it doesn't, it, it takes a lot to get me angry. And if you push me to that point, then, you know, and prank calls um, make me angry. <laughs> I will be the first one to say it. it, it especially at midnight. Not, yeah, mean, especially at midnight when we're trying to get people, you know, when people are calling in and giving us legitimate points of view, I'm okay with it. But when you call in and you're three sheets to the wind and you know you just completely have zero point to give and you just want to be on the air to prank call somebody i I don't have any patience for that i ain't got time either (laughs) so i just have a couple more questions and we'll wrap this thing up i um i wrote up what are your favorite it's going to be your favorite five fave five fave five oh boy so excluding people but um what are your favorite five things that make you happy and want to start dancing excluding people yep because we're not going to does family count or you can just yeah group family okay so family obviously um things that make me happy music um that are you you know that thing your favorite five things that make you you that make me me um okay um well family family is always going to be first Mm -hmm. um i am a family oriented person um music because music is has always been my first love i can't play it i can't sing it but i adore it um sports um so that's three sports softball right softball um i love watching the women's national team uh soccer Uh, i'm a big fan um Oh gosh! You got one uh, more. For my dogs, yes, of course. I was <laughs> my hoping dogs. you were going to say your pets. Yeah, I, I I love my dogs. Uh, my dog dogs. That's what I call them. My dog dogs. Even if they drive us crazy, they're yeah. the people that can't talk back to us and make us smile. Well, I love that. Um, so Shirley, I do have one question about the Stanley Cup that you went and broadcasted <laughs> at with Pirate Radio and Jonathan, because that is my favorite story. And um, I feel like that everybody should um, know what fun you had. Oh, yeah. I remember that very clearly because I remember we had an intern at the time. And the intern was actually supposed to go to that game. 
and set up for the um, five o'clock show. We were going to broadcast it live from the RBC Arena or PNC Arena, whatever they called it back then. I think it was the RBC back then. And um, and Troy gave me a call and said, "Hey, um, our intern is going on spring break, and he's not going to be here for the Stanley Cup." championship and i was like okay he's like i need you to go to raleigh with us to you know set up and do the show and i told him i was like dude i have a softball game that night and he was like it's game seven of the stanley cup champion you know stanley (laughs) cup finals and i was like and i have a softball game i really did not want to go this probably wasn't the first time you got a call like that from troy either no it wasn't the first time but this was the first time i adamantly did not want to (laughs) go i mean most of the time i'm like okay i'll go all right well it's part of my job but in this particular case i really didn't want to go i wasn't a hockey fan i had never been to a hockey game before and so i just didn't you know i wasn't as into it at that time now it's a whole different ball game today but back then i wasn't and i had a softball game and i'd rather be at a softball game and he was like no it's game seven and i was like fine i'll go and so we went and we did the show we set up everything we did the show and right about the tail i'd say probably about 10 15 minutes left in the in the show Jonathan comes to me and says, okay, so here's the deal. Um, We can't leave the building. We don't have tickets to the game. Our press passes, I think it wasn't even press pass. I don't think we even had a press pass or anything. They had just let us in the building. They told, and and basically what we were told to do was pack up all of our gear, leave the building, and then re-enter once they let all the, the crowd in. And Jonathan was like, if you want to stay for the game, which I had to because I rode with Troy and Jonathan to oh, Raleigh. No. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice in the matter. If I left the building, I wasn't getting back in and I was going to be sitting out there for I don't know how long. So he literally pushed you off the ship and threw you a life vest and said, you either sink or swim. Yeah, but but Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan was like, you know, I don't have a ticket either. You know, so both me and Jonathan were in the same boat. Now, Troy had tickets because he had gotten some through his dad. And so... What Troy did was he took the equipment out of the building and took it to the car. Since he had a ticket, he could get back in. Jonathan and I kind of went up to, I don't, it was some upper level. Um, it was almost like a um, club level. Yeah, kind of like a club level. And we were up there and he just said, you know, if anybody asks, um, you know, uh, we were, uh, we're getting ready to leave or something. I can't remember what we were saying, but anyway, I ended up milling around cause it, there was a, about a 45 minute gap between the time we ended the show and when they started allowing spectators to come in. So there was about 45 minutes there where I kind of, I spent a lot of time in the bathroom hiding, um, <laughs> you know, just trying to kind of make myself scarce so that people would not notice that I'm in the building by myself or not by myself but you know what i mean so finally we get to the club um finally they start letting spectators in so at that point i start milling around and jonathan was like just stay in this area stay in this area this club level and we were surrounded by because i remember we were playing edmonton and we were surrounded by edmonton fans wow and um and a guy had uh one of the edmonton fans actually had a mock-up um a mock uh stanley cup trophy and i remember jonathan getting a picture 
with that Stanley Cup trophy. Right. It, I, I don't remember where that picture is now, but I just remember being up there. And I remember just how loud it was in there. That place is rocking. And I it, love it. It was, I it love was it. an unbelievable atmosphere. And when the empty netter was scored, uh, the empty net goal, I think the roof absolutely came off the place. It and did. it was the it was the loudest and I've been to some pretty loud concerts and, and whatnot, and that's probably the loudest cheer it, or just roar that I've ever heard. I mean, I still get I'm, goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps yeah, I'm right getting, now, Charlie, because um, I was actually there I, with my mom too. Yeah. And we were standing right where Brenda Moore held up the cup at the end. Mm-hmm. And um, I have that on my camera, my handheld camera, I think, still yeah. to this day because I haven't used it much after. But it really is a Yeah, we place. stayed. we stayed for the celebration afterward. afterward and I remember being just completely bleary-eyed and we, we rode all the way back from Raleigh to Greenville, and then they dropped me off because I was, you know, I live in Farmville, so they had to drop me off, and uh, and I still had to go to work the next morning. So I was, you know, up for the morning drive the very next morning, and uh, I was it just was worth it, though, right? It, yeah, and and Jeff Jeff asked me. He said, you know, how was it? I said it was amazing, and I, you know. Uh, it, it it was probably the most fun I've had at a sporting event, but at the same time, uh, you know, I almost didn't go because I wanted to go. I wanted to stay for a softball game. So, um, but I call it, those once in a lifetimers. Oh yeah, you know, there, there's no question. I mean, I've I've been to, and and since then, I think the only other once in a lifetime uh, trip that I had was when I went down to New Orleans in 2015. At the end of 2015, it was the week before Christmas, I went down. That was the year that uh, Abby Wambach uh, announced her retirement. She's my favorite soccer player. Right. And I had only seen her play once before. And and she didn't even play in the game. I just saw her on the sidelines because at that point, she was, you know, had already announced her retirement. And uh, I had never been able to see her play. And I got to go down to New Orleans and... As in per tradition, the women's national team, the day before a match, they have an open practice. So you can come and watch them practice. Um, and we, the hotel that we were staying in was right beside the Superdome. So we just walked across and went and watched her practice. And I got to see her score a goal on Hope Solo, which Ooh. was a huge deal for me. I loved, um, I loved Hope before she kind of you know went off the rocker a little bit. Yeah, but they were they were an awesome team to watch. For oh yeah, sure. for sure. And uh, so I got to see that, and I felt like if she didn't score a goal in the in the real game, I was pretty happy with seeing that. So, um, and then you know of course, and it, it came true the the next day when they played China, she didn't score a goal. They tried, but uh, she missed a few. But um, getting to see her, and that was up close. I mean, we were down pretty close to the, the field level, and I got to see that. So that was really cool. And then, of course, I got to see her um, her farewell speech and everything. So that, for me, that was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And then, you know, a few years later, she ends up singing me a happy birthday. So go figure, you know. <laughs> dreams, those, dreams do come true. Dreams do come true, especially if you have really stupid, dumb luck and uh, just on a whim. 
Uh, well, you know, I'm here at Pirate Radio, so you know, you never know. It, yeah, it just it, it's just <laughs> one of those things. But uh, you know, those to me are the two that stand out in my mind as far as once in a lifetime, you know, sporting events that I almost didn't get a chance to go to, and it just ended up working out and and it's something that i'll i'll take with me and i'll cherish for for a lifetime i love sports that's why we all get along i think the most um because we all have a passion for sports i think number one on my bucket list right now for once in a lifetime and i don't want to say it i don't want to curse it but it's omaha yeah, and, Omaha. Know, yeah, I, I'd I just like want to see know, them go for yeah all the reasons. Obviously, yeah. No, Omaha would be a great. That's up. You next. know, that's that, up next. Now, I would not get on a plane and go to Omaha just because it's eighteen it's, hours. Yeah. I already know drive time. Yeah. So, um, you know, but yes, I would love to see that come to fruition. That would be just the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Wait, wait, wait! You just got on an airplane, but you would not go get on another one. So, no, I'll get on another okay, airplane. Okay. No, 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 no. I just, you know, um, aside from the College <laughs> World Series, what else is there in Omaha? I mean, True. you know, no, no, no. Um, it's not a destination place for me. No. You know, like if I were to get on a plane and go somewhere, that's not someplace I'd like to go. But now, if ECU goes, heck yeah, I'll get on a plane and go over there. I, you know, I would have some reservations about it just simply because, you know, um, we'll get an RV. Don't yeah. worry about it. 18 oh, hours, yeah. switch off, we're good. Oh, yeah. RV, we're good. All we're right. Good. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to hear some of your stories. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. You've been here from the start. You've seen the studio change. You've seen Pirate Radio grow over the past 18, 19 years. Mm-hmm. Where do you see Pirate Radio in 10 years? Oh, wow. Um hopefully bigger and better than what we are i mean we have continued to grow i mean if you had told me in 2003 that not only would we have one radio station we'd have four that we'd be broadcasting all over the world instead of just you know on a radio broad you know radio airwaves and you know if you had told me that we have a content division or a graphics division that's just out of this world you know i would have probably laughed at you and be like ain't no way no way. We're we're just barely trying to get our, you know, uh, butts off the ground at this point, you know, back in 2003. So I we've come a long way in 17 years, and uh, I hope we continue to grow. And as long as we're continuing to grow and not staying stagnant, I, you know, there's no limit really to what we can do. And I, I firmly believe that we have done more with not only less as far as resources, but also with people i mean i don't know too many companies that have a small amount of people like we do and be able to do what we do we're 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 a little station that sounds big if that makes sense i was just thinking that same thing it's a true testament to how hard troy jonathan and you and clip and everybody around here have worked to um keep this thing going and keeping it rising so pirate radio is um evolved and will keep evolving and um i know they're happy you're here i'm happy to be here and um that's about it yeah i mean i i look the way i i'll close with this you know my philosophy has always been uh you can't outwork us you know um 
because if there's one thing that, like you said, that we all have this passion for this radio station, but we also have a passion that, you know, our names are attached to this thing and we're not going to let anything within our power. Uh, there are some things you just can't control that are out of your control. But as much as we can control, we're not going to let this thing slip through our fingers. So you're not going to outwork us. And uh, I think that's really the 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 foundation of our success is that we work harder than anybody else to try to do what we do. And, you know, we just happen to like what we do, you know, on top of it. And that's why we're the best sports station covering all things in Greenville, North Carolina and the voice of the Pirate Nation. That's right. That's our podcast today. Shirley Rhodes, thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys later. Have a good one. What a great episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast with Jenny Shelton and, of course, special guest, me, Shirley Rhodes. Special thanks to our sponsor, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Look for White Claw at your favorite retailer next time you're out shopping. White Claw Hard Seltzer, available in five fruit flavors, two grams of carbs, gluten-free, and only has 100 calories, and nothing tastes quite like it. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can also visit our website at pr927fm.com and follow us on social media at pr 927FM to keep up with the latest news and information. Until next time, have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. The Pirate Radio Podcast is an exclusive presentation by Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.